What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to The Swing. This is live in afternoon drive time. Hope you have a, uh, a nice beverage with you, whether that is coffee or water or any other uh, adult beverage with you. Sit down, relax, uh, take a load off and just uh, have a listen to uh, two guys talk about sports. Just uh, shoot, uh, shoot on a couple of different topics around the sports world. I am Brandon DePond. I am with my partner here, my other fellow host here, Jacob Goldback. Jacob, how's it going? Doing great, Brandon. You know, we got a lot to talk about. This is probably going to be our busiest show we've had so far. Probably. Yeah, I would say you're about right. Yeah, there's all kinds to talk about, all kinds of topics. Uh, so let's get into a little bit of a rundown here. The MLB lockout is over. Yay! Finally going to have some baseball. Baseball's back. Happy to hear it. Uh, the Leafs uh, continually uh, disastrous. So far, and the Heritage Classic, um, a very nice game, nice atmosphere, great event, uh, but not so great event for the Leafs. And also, more recently, uh, we have found out not so much of a great event for our star man, Austin Matthews. Um, and then, of course, we're going to get into our best bets, myself and uh, Jay Gold. We like to put a little money on the line uh, from time to time and uh, tell you what uh, we think that you guys should put your money on this week. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to get into some local sports talk. We're going to talk about this week. We're going to focus on the Steelheads, the Mississauga Steelheads, who have clinched a playoff berth, although that was much expected, but have clinched it. Uh, and they did so after uh, Friday night's game, which Jacob himself did the uh, color commentary for. So um, if you didn't listen to that, I don't know what you were doing. Um, but, um, yeah, that was a... Uh, unfortunate, uh, unfortunate losses so far, and uh, hopefully they can turn around, come in time for playoffs. And of course, you can listen to Mississauga Steelheads right here on News Talk Saga 960 AM. Uh, so we're going to talk with uh, with an expert there, Terry Doyle. You might have heard him, um, and uh, he knows everything there is to know about the Ontario Hockey League. So we're going to get him on much later on to talk about the Steelheads, and of course. Uh, just the entire league itself, uh, because the league has a lot going on, uh, especially tonight, and we will get into that much later with him. And then we are going to talk NFL free agency and trades with Jay Gold's boy, Mitch. Uh, he is the host of Bottom Line View on YouTube. Uh, we've previously had Mitch on that uh, one day that uh, we filled in, myself and, and Jay Gold, uh, was uh, just before Christmas break, and uh, we had Mitch on. So uh, we're happy to have Mitch on and <laughs> oh boy, just NFL alone. There's all kinds to talk about. Uh, but uh, Jacob, where do you want to start off? 
Yeah, well, you know, we were just talking before the show about how we could have had an entire show dedicated for the, for the NFL, you know, all the trades that happened last week. And then today, of course, the start of the legal tampering period, of course, uh, players cannot officially sign with teams until Wednesday, but teams are allowed to talk with agents right now when a bunch of deals are getting agreed upon. Brandon, let's let's start on a high note. Let's start with the, the MLB lockout being over. Uh, I was skeptical. I, I think most people were that we'd actually be able to have a full 162 game season. It's kind of weird the way that the negotiations went, how it kind of, they kept having new deadline after new deadline after new deadline, but give both sides credit because at the end of the day, they were able to come up to an agreement. And while we might have a pretty condensed schedule, they're going to be able to get all full 162 games in, which is fantastic. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, and just speaking of, you know, doubting what would happen, doubting how much of a season we would get, um, just to go back to our poll question that we left out to you guys. And by the way, you can head over to the swing 960 on Twitter and uh, you can interact with us, send us a DM, send us whatever, send us a reply on one of our posts. But uh, and obviously you can uh, we'll post obviously the show after it's done in podcast form so you can hear it just in case you miss something or uh, or you want to just to listen to our beautiful voices again. Uh, but how much of an MLB season will we get to see? We left that out to you guys uh, last week on last week's show. That pulls over and there's a tie. 41.7%. Um, people said more than half and half. Uh, less than half only got 16.7%. So those who said uh, more than half... You guys, they win. Uh, they uh, win. Unfortunately, uh, you don't win prize. much. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know what you're talking about, I guess. Uh, but Pride, um, yeah, pride, yeah, pride, pride's relevant. I thought, see, I thought it was going to be like, honestly, the way it was going, I thought it was going to be half. And then what was it? Late, late. Um, I think it was, I don't know if it was Wednesday night or, or Thursday. It was, I, where it was I think really it was Thursday. Up. I think it was okay, Thursday. Thursday. But Thursday, it, it was really picking up. And um, I forget which insider it was, but. And he apparently this uh, I forget right now, but uh, I believe he works for MLB Network, but super optimistic guy. Um, and uh, he said, yeah, no, I see. I definitely see a deal coming in, whether it's tonight or this weekend, it's going to come about. Uh, and it did. So, hey, I'm more than glad to have baseball back. Um, but uh, yeah, not as optimistic. I don't know how optimistic how optimistic were you? I mean, what would you say here? More than half, half, less than half last week. Oh, I mean, I, I thought we were going to have more than half the games, but yeah. I thought it was, I, I was, I thought that we weren't going to get baseball until end of May, beginning of June, and yeah. that we'd be seeing around 130 games. Uh, but yeah, you know, last week, I, I, the, the reporter you were talking about is John Heyman, and he was doing a there ton of reporting. And, and the thing is that you have to keep in mind is it was, it was really hard to follow along just because of the sheer amount of tweets that were coming out from all of the different insiders. And all of them were saying all sorts of different things. You know, some were reporting about the financials. Others were just reporting about, you know, kind of the sentiments of the players. So there was, it was hard to follow along. But I remember the one from John Heyman that people were really looking at was he said uh, it was something along the lines of an agent told him that the negotiations were at the two yard line. And after that point, there was about an hour period where everything seemed to be going backwards. And then he had reported also that there were players on the Mets, which, you know, he didn't name names, but I think we can kind of guess it was Max Scherzer was probably mm. the leader of that who were voting against the CBA and very vocal guy, very vocal about, you know, not being a fan of the negotiations. 
so it seemed for a while like they might be going backwards yet again, but they happened to come, they were able to come through, reach an agreement. Now, before we move on to other, you know, before we move on to quickly talking about the Leafs before we bring on oh, Terry Doyle. How can we not talk I, about the Leafs? We will talk about them, but quickly <laughs> that, I mean, there have obviously been a lot of moves. Uh, well, we can talk about Yusei Kikuchi in overtime because I do think that that's a great signing. But what's so interesting, and this was about an hour ago, is the Atlanta Braves acquired first baseman Matt Olson from the Oakland Athletics. And Matt Olson is a left-handed first baseman. What is Freddie Freeman, a left-handed first baseman? This is a Freddie Freeman replacement. Mm. I never saw this happening. I thought that, you know, everyone reporting Freeman wasn't going to go back to Atlanta. I think I thought it was a bogus. I thought there was no shot that he would go anywhere outside of Atlanta. But look where we are now. He's probably not – I mean, the likely no, destinations no. are the Dodgers and the Yankees, but you never know. The Blue Jays have been aggressively pursuing him. I mean, that, that's the ultimate prize right there, that or Jose yeah. Ramirez. Sure. So we'll yeah, keep and then how about, on that for sure. And then how about this trade too, Josh Donaldson going to the Yankees? Yeah, I mean, that also, you know, <laughs> one that I didn't expect to see, especially for Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez and, going I mean, the other way, Gio Ursula going the, the other way the, to Minnesota. The thing is, the for the Yankees – so. You know, Donaldson definitely is the best player in that trade if he can stay on the field. But yeah. that's a hefty price tag. I cool. mean, they're paying more for Don. The Yankees are paying more for Donaldson than we are for Jose Barrios this year. I mean, uh, for a guy that there's just so many question marks at this point, that, that's just that's such a hefty price tag, Brandon. It's a hefty, it's a hefty price tag, and I understand people are worried about obviously Donaldson's getting up there in age and how many games he'll be able to give. Um, but I. Uh, last season, I know he gave uh, 150 or just above 150. Um, and uh, the season before, I know he gave 100 plus. So, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously, you know, knock on wood, he doesn't get a major injury. Well, I don't know. Well, you know, he, for he, us, last year it was one. Us, it, was one <laughs> it was 130 last year, Brandon. Okay, 130. Okay. A, well, regardless, that's okay. That's, that's majority. It's of the good. Season. It's good. And, and, and the season before, I believe he gave year. majority this season, if I'm not mistaken. In 2019, yeah, but he wasn't great that year. Okay, he was, all right. He was decent, but he wasn't okay, worth but you need him to million dollars. All right. Well, you need him to be healthy. That's 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 what the the Yankees are banging on, which I think a lot of the league are saying. Well, why would you spend all this or make this kind of move for a guy who you know? maybe is going to get a, a lingering injury to come back to him. Um, but uh, no, I think in these past number of seasons, he's been able to stay on the field. I understand he's getting up there in age, but I, I'd say, you know, if he plays another season, two seasons, maybe three seasons, I think that, oh, well, depending obviously his stats, but I think that the Yankees can get the most out of Josh Donaldson to his tail end of his career here. Yeah. I mean, you know, only time will tell, right? With the, when a guy like with a guy like that, where it's just the only question is, can he stay healthy? Really, only time will tell. Okay, quickly, we did say we would get to the Leafs. Embarrassing loss yesterday to the Buffalo Sabers. That's now Ooh. two in a row that they've lost to Buffalo <laughs> in just embarrassing fashion. But the 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 main thing that I wanted to talk about, just because we don't have a time ton of time before break, Austin Matthews got into it with Rasmus Dahlin in front of the net at the end of the game. The league handed out a two-game suspension, and the kind of the sentiment I was seeing on Twitter, which I agree with from a lot of people, is I think that that action is well worth a two-game suspension, but the problem is there has been much more egregious that the league has not called this year and in the past. The league is 
pretty just overall inconsistent with the, the yeah. when they give out a suspension versus when they give out a fine. So relative to the, uh, you know, what has been get, get considered to be a fine worthy act this year, that was absolutely not worthy of a suspension. And, and in an ideal in, in an ideal world, that should be a suspension. But just where things are at right now, yeah, that had no business being worth two games. Yeah, no, I thought he'd get a, I thought he'd get a, I don't know, some sort of hefty fine. I don't know, at least minimum 50K or something. I wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't expecting him to get suspended a couple of games. Although, like you said, it it's it's deserving of, of a suspension. But this season, um, I don't know, the NHL has been way too lenient uh, on, uh, on player safety. So I don't understand that. But anyways, next, we're going to get into some local sports talks, uh, lo- local sports talk rather with Harry Doyle. He knows everything there is to know about the Ontario Hockey League. He'll talk about that. And, of course, our hometown, Mississauga Steelheads, that you can listen to right here on Saga 960 AM. That is after the break. Stay tuned to The Swing. Stream us live at Saga960AM.ca. Hello and welcome to The Swing. I am your host, Brandon DuPont, alongside my fellow host, Jacob Goldback. Uh, we are here with you, The Swing, live every single Monday uh, at your afternoon drive time from 3 to 4 to talk about all things sports. And of course, we do broadcast a number of sports right here on News Talk Saga 960 AM. We are the official broadcaster of your Mississauga Steelheads every single home game and even Jacob himself uh, does uh, color from time to time on the station. Uh, and actually, he was um, doing it just this past Friday. Unfortunately, Steelheads lost. But they did clinch a playoff berth, as was expected. Uh, and to talk more about the Mississauga Steelheads, we have our friend here. We have our friend here who knows everything there is to know about the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, our feature guest right now to talk local sports talk, Ontario Hockey League and Mississauga Steelheads. Terry Doyle. Terry is the producer and play-by-play broadcaster of the Sarnia Sting. Twitter, at Terry Doyle. That is Terry underscore Doyle. Uh, And he is here with us to talk a few minutes about the OHL. Terry, how's it going? Good afternoon. How are you? I'm all right, Terry. How's it going? Uh, You you seem like uh, you, uh, you might be outside. Where are you right now? I am standing in what would be the end zone of a Hamilton Tiger Cats game because getting set for the OHL outdoor showcase tonight. Yes, uh, real exciting. So let's. I just want to first thing I wanted to start off um, on a, a little bit more of a, a somber note, but I'm sure you you saw it. Um, Ukrainian Barry Coles defender uh, Artur Kolach received a strong show of support yesterday uh, at the NHL Heritage Classic in Hamilton, exactly where you are uh, last night or last or afternoon rather um, for that opening uh, puck drop ceremonial puck drop for the Leafs and Sabers. Uh, just your thoughts on that? Well, it's just a you know a great uh, moment there, and of course that's uh, on the mind of a lot of people. And of course, you know we live in a country and communities that uh, very diverse, but uh, certainly all coming together right now to support our uh, Ukrainian friends and neighbors that are uh, dealing with all of this right now. And that's certainly a uh, great sign of support. And I know when uh, he came to the arena, he was asked, uh, "Hey, do you know who you're dropping the puck with?" And he had no idea. And he said, "Yeah, some guy named Wayne Gretzky." And I guess his jaw <laughs> just uh, hit the ground when he found that out. Obviously, I think anyone was going to be told that. They 
would uh, say the same thing. So, you know, a very good moment, not just for him, but of course for the community and people that are watching, just showing that the hockey community and, uh, you know, even beyond that, other areas of the community certainly uh, standing in support. And we've seen that throughout the OHL uh, community as this has been going on. Uh, yeah, no, awesome. And I especially like when he took off the Barry Colts jersey and uh, and he had the Ukrainian jersey on. And uh, that was that was just awesome to see. Um, now to the exactly where you are right now, uh, just a day after uh, the NHL Heritage Classic, we got the OHL Outdoor Showcase. This is a rare occasion that doesn't usually happen. It has happened before. Um, but uh, tell me what you're seeing around there. What's the what's the vibe like? Well, it's pretty cool, and I think a lot of people have their phones out taking pictures, whether when the Oshawa Generals and the Hamilton Bulldogs came in here at about 10 o'clock this morning to uh, do a little walkthrough. They didn't get a chance to go on the ice, but they were on their benches and looking around. They certainly had their cameras out and their phones out taking pictures and taking it all in, and just a very exciting moment and a great moment for the OHL and for the Bulldogs and the Generals just to be able to come together like this. And you're right, it doesn't happen very often at the OHL level, but working together with the National Hockey League and the Hamilton Bulldogs, uh, you know, making that commitment through their ownership to uh, keep things uh, intact for an extra day. Obviously, this would have been uh, partially torn down. They would have been in the process of uh, packing up here at the stadium, but instead uh, the commitment keeps a lot of people here for an extra day to uh, be able to hold this event. And uh, at last check, hearing over 13,000 people are going to be on hand for the game tonight. So uh, a great event for the players the fans you name it and of course across the league yeah absolutely you know obviously both players on Oshawa and Hamilton both must be ecstatic for this one and let's talk for a second about these Hamilton Bulldogs recently played the Mississauga Steelheads on Friday and uh, Terry I did color commentary for that game and in my opinion the Steelheads really didn't play that bad of a game Hamilton was just better and they are in my opinion right now clearly the best team in the OHL what, in your opinion, makes them so good? And what is it going to take for anyone to be able to step up and beat them? Well, for the Hamilton Bulldogs, it's a team that can come at you with various waves of offense. And as you know, led by Mason McTavish, but so much more. They have Logan Morrison's put up great numbers this season and just a very deep Hamilton club. And uh, yeah, if you catch them on a good night, look out. They're going to be very difficult to beat. And we know the Steelheads like to uh, you know be very solid in their own zone. Probably one of the best teams when it comes to a two-way play in the Ontario Hockey League. But at the end of the day, when the Bulldogs can keep coming at you in waves, it's going to make a huge difference. And the Bulldogs don't have too many holes in their game. So it shows why they're right there at the top of the standings. And uh, there are going to be some nights where two teams that might come together in the standings in the OHL, and instead uh, one team looks head and shoulders above the other, but that's a one-game thing. And, you know, getting to a seven-game series, we could have a whole different situation come playoff time. But, uh, yeah, it's a very difficult Bulldogs team to play against. They've built up a very strong hockey club and making the big splashes at the deadline, of course, with both Mason, Mason McTavish coming in. Arbor Jacki comes in on the back end as well to uh, be a strong horse on the defensive side and play that physical game as well especially when you get deeper in the playoffs is going to be a big factor here for the Bulldogs yeah you know when I look at this Bulldogs team there's a legitimate argument to be made that they have the best top six up front they have the best top four on the back end and they have one of the best goaltenders in the entire OHL and Marco Costantini so just a tremendous tremendous team there but you know another tremendous team is the Mississauga Steelheads they haven't been as good of late it's been a struggle for them in the new year of 2022 particularly February March what do they need to do in your eyes to turn things around as they head down the stretch run they just play their game. And I know I talked to James Richmond last week. He said that this time of year, sort of let the reins off a little bit because when you emphasize that, the, you know, structure in your own zone, in the D zone play, 
sometimes players, you know, grow weary of that over the course of a 68-game season. So as James said to me last week, he said, you know what, we let them scrape their knees was his exact term. And then he sort of picked them back up again. And this is the time to do it because now getting into March here, you know, and months to go in the regular season, you really tighten things up and, you know, solidify your game. And that's going to be the key for this, for, uh, of course, Mississauga is just playing their game. And that is making sure they get things done in their own end of the rink first and then eliminating those chances and reducing chances from the other teams, not allowing them to get good entries into the Mississauga zone is going to be key. And then, of course, turn it back the other way. And if you can take care of things in your own end of the rink, it leads to the offense the other way, and you don't allow a team like a Hamilton or many of the others to try and light it up. Uh, we are here with Terry Doyle, uh, producer and play-by-play broadcaster of the Sarnia Sting, producer and host of a weekly league update radio web show uh, that you can find on the OHL website. Uh, it's called OHL News Radio Edition. You can follow him on Twitter at Terry underscore Doyle. Uh, he is a jack-of-all-trades, um, does a whole bunch of work with Kojiko, um, multiple different roles, but OHL is uh, for sure his passion alongside baseball, of course. Uh, but uh, Terry... Um, Sarnia Sting, that's that's your love, your 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 passion, that's your team. Um, tell us about Sarnia. What kind of season for maybe people that aren't looking that closely into the Western Conference? Uh, what 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 what's the main takeaway from Sarnia so far this season? Well, the Sarnia Sting are led by goaltender Ben Godreau, who backed that uh, excellent Canadian under-18 team last year in Texas to the gold medal, a third-round pick of the San Jose Sharks, and a lot of their team goes through him. But there's also Toronto Maple Leafs prospect, Ty Voigt, chosen in the fifth round by the Leafs, and he's been signed now. He was signed to Christmas, and a uh, smaller player. He hails from Pittsburgh, comes in at about 5'9 at most, but very crafty skater and someone who can uh, be very creative offensively that someone probably 15 years ago, because of his size, would not have gotten a look but instead he's getting a chance, and that's going to be a big factor moving forward. And we've seen that with the Leafs, whether it's Robertson, whether it's Dargachinsev, some of the other players that the Leafs have brought in over the last few years into the system. Ty Boyd would be another one that one of those uh, crafty players comes in with speed, able to distribute the puck, and that's going to be a big key. We've seen that with Kyle Dubas and the Leafs making those picks. But uh, those are the two big guns when it comes to the uh, Sarnia thing this season with Ben Godreau in goal. They played the London Knights yesterday in a game that uh, – Godreau saw 34 shots and was the first star in the hockey game despite losing to the Knights in a pretty intense hockey game. So uh, that's kind of the key. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of a fun gig for me, of course, doing the play-by-play and hosting in Sarnia. But, uh, you know, covering the league as a whole, and I always say, no matter who who wins and loses, I get to go to sleep the next day knowing that I got to call an exciting game and exciting junior hockey action. And, of course, even here being involved in the broadcast with Hamilton and Oshawa, you name it, just being around this league, that's been the, uh, the fun for a long time. Terry, uh, very well said. Uh, it's uh, one heck of a job, like you said. This is the future, the future of hockey, essentially. I mean, uh, and and what better way to uh, to be there in attendance for the OHL Outdoor Showcase in Hamilton? Um, like I was surprised. For, you said fourteen thousand, if I'm not mistaken. Heard correctly. Yeah, that's what we're hearing. The number seems, seems to climb. I've heard 13, but uh, of course, I think because the weather's pretty good, we will see uh, yeah. some more walk-ups as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if we push towards 14. Super cool, especially for junior hockey outdoors. Uh, can't get much better than that. Terry, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your, uh, your expertise right here on the uh, Ontario Hockey League. Thanks so much. Hey, no problem. Anytime, guys. That is Terry Doyle, producer and play-by-play broadcaster of the Sarnia Sting, producer and host of a weekly league update radio web show that is posted on the OHL website called OHL News Radio Edition, and you can follow him on Twitter at Terry underscore Doyle. Thanks a lot, Terry. Next, we're going to get into some bets of the week.
Stay tuned. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. Hello, 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 and welcome back to The Swing. I'm your host, Brandon DePon, alongside my other host, my partner, Jacob Goldback, with you. This is The Swing Live. Uh, we are talking everything, sports, every all the hot topics that you want to talk about, all the scintillating topics uh, that are grabbing the attention of all sports fans across the world. Um, and, uh, of course, we are some, I guess, fair to say we're degenerate betters, uh, Jacob. Are we, is that fair fair enough to say? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I wouldn't maybe not maybe not go. I mean, we're not on Raw Mike Richards level <laughs> yet, but we're getting there. Okay. Wow. Yeah, if you want to catch Raw Mike Richards, uh, they deep dive into betting uh, every single morning. Uh, definitely check that out. Um, but uh, we're a little bit softer. Uh, but uh, still, we give you some good bets. Uh, if you listened to me last week, obviously, you know, I'm a major uh, footy fanatic. Um, and uh, in the Champions League, Real Madrid did the miraculous comeback in the second leg to beat the almighty Paris Saint-Germain uh, and Benzema scoring a hat-trick, three goals, uh, and I did p- take them to qualify, and if you did pick that up, it was at plus 220. Um, so, But anyway, this week, um, we got some hockey. I'll, I'll, I'll flip to hockey. There's only one game on the schedule tonight. Uh, it's the Arizona Coyotes, rather, uh, and uh, they're facing the Ottawa Senators. Uh, money line plus 135 for the Arizona Coyotes, who have won four of their last five, and two of those wins have been on the road, uh, and uh, also like over six at minus 110. Um, so uh, the only game on the schedule in, in the hockey world, um, but uh, those are the ones I take. And if you want to parlay them, be my guest. Jacob? Well, my bets, uh, if you took my advice last week, you're still waiting, at least on one of them. Webb Simpson, <laughs> the guy I took to make top 40, he didn't make the cut. That's a bit of a disappointment. But Cam Smith, if you took him to make the top 20, if you took him to win, you're looking pretty good right now because he is on top of the leaderboard, sitting at uh, nine under. He's in first place alone right now. Uh, you know, usually the tournament would have ended yesterday, but due to all of the bad weather, it just keep get, getting delayed and delayed and delayed. So they're finishing everything up right now as we speak. We're going to have a great finish there for this week. I've got a Little same game parlay. I've got the Raptors to cover minus four and a half tonight versus the Lakers and Pascal Siakam to get a double-double. That'll pay you plus 400. Uh, LA is coming off of a big loss yesterday and LeBron is questionable for tonight. Now he did play yesterday, so I don't know if he's going to play tonight or if he'll be able to be at full capacity if he does play. Uh, and the Lakers, they're not a re- good rebounding team. They're just tied for 22nd in offensive rebounds. So expect Siakam to be all over the boards in that one. Okay, let's get to football. We've got an we got a lot to talk about, and we've got the perfect guy to do this with. Mitch Milani is the host of the Bottom Line View on YouTube. 34,000, 34.6 thousand subscribers there. Let's try and get him to 35,000 by the end of the night. But most importantly, he is a massive Patriots and Tom Brady fan. <laughs> so he is the perfect guy to have on right now. Mitch. First, let's get your reaction about the news yesterday. Tom Brady coming out of retirement for his 23rd season in the NFL. Where were you when you found out the news and were you shocked at all to see him coming back? Jacob, it's funny you say that. I was literally about to start a live stream on YouTube about free agency and I had to stop. I couldn't even, I just stopped in my tracks. 
I didn't know what to say. I was shocked. I had to stop the live stream. I came back. I recorded a video about Tom Brady. It was unbelievable. Usually I'm not speechless about things. You know me that way. But Tom Brady, man, he's back. And I'm happy about it. The NFL needs Tom Brady still. And, and it's crazy that Tom Brady would retire at such a great level of play last year. You could argue he was the best quarterback in the sport last season. So for him to retire was just shocking. But him coming back changes the NFL, changes the landscape of free agency this week and changes the Tampa Bay Bucks odds to win the Super Bowl. Well, that's why I was so surprised that he retired in the first place because he had such a good year last year. But when yeah. you think of how his that last game went against the Rams, how he, you know, he led them on a heroic last second, uh, a vintage last second comeback to, and then they ended up falling short to go out like that just didn't seem, seem right for him. Uh, but yeah, you know, what were you a question that I, that I want to, were you more surprised when he retired or more surprised yesterday when you found out the news that he was coming back? I was more surprised initially that he was going to retire because the initial plan for Tom, as far as I understand it was to play three seasons with the bucks on top of that. He spoke for many years about playing until 45. So it didn't really make sense that he was cutting it a year short when he was playing at such a high level that it didn't make sense for him to retire. So it didn't really match with his goals. Ultimately it was just a family decision and I think he just got too much of the urge to come back and people saying, you got to come back, you got to come back. And all the rumors starting up about the 49ers and, and things of this nature. And it did surprise me that he came back so soon, like only 40 days after he retired. But it was more shocking to me that he actually decided to retire. Mitch, thanks a lot uh, for coming back on again. appreciate you coming on. And especially no just because you're – the biggest Tom Brady supporter. And again, the best, the best setup as yet. I've yet <laughs> to see anybody with a better setup throughout these, the entirety of the swing, even before trash talk sports, we've done it. Nobody has a better setup than Mitch. I mean, look at the, you can't see the setup too bad. It's not visual element on, uh, on radio, but he has the Brady Jersey to, uh, to the side of him. And then what is he wearing? He's wearing a Patriot sweater. And then even still, I can't see it completely, but I know for a fact that that is a, uh, at a Patriots mask. Uh, right around oh, yes. his mic <laughs> so um, but Brady uh, folklore everywhere um, but I will say uh, Mitch I, I know you heard a little bit of the bets of the week but I'm a I'm a massive free fanatic I'm Portuguese and I love Cristiano Ronaldo obviously mm -hmm. and Tom Brady was at Cristiano Ronaldo's game uh, this past weekend uh, to see uh, Ronaldo score a hat-trick uh, with Manchester United, and he was there with his son, Brady, uh, and uh, was talking with Ronaldo after the game. And, I mean, not to say, you know, I'm never going to say, oh, you know, Ronaldo made him come back or, you know, seeing the fire in Ronaldo's eyes, scoring all kinds of goals at, you know, uh, Ronaldo's 37, so obviously younger than Brady, but still at an older age, you know, fueling, uh, fueling his game. But uh, after the game, they talked, and Ronaldo uh, was heard saying, are you finished? And Brady was like, kind of like shrugged it off. Like, I don't know. Um, it just, it, he's an incredible guy. He wants to play at the top level. I myself was, was, was surprised. Um, do you think that played any element in this past weekend, seeing the game? I mean, possibly. You never know. 
because seeing those other guys at that age, I know LeBron was trying to take credit for it as well, because that's what LeBron does. But you got LeBron, you got Ronaldo, you know, these guys playing at such a high level at an advanced age. And I'm sure that's a motivating factor because Brady's accomplished everything he can in the NFL. It's more so about matching the other greats in other sports. So seeing those guys up close and personal, it must have been probably a little bit of a nudge for him to play. But I think he probably decided beforehand because I don't think this yeah, stuff yeah. just happens in a day. Like, I don't think Tom Brady just called up the Bucks and was like, yo, Bruce, I'm back. Like, let's go. <laughs> but I think he's definitely, definitely ready for a season. And I, I can't wait to see what the Bucks do this year. Okay, so we've got a lot of other quarterbacks to talk about, but but first, and I I didn't think we'd be talking about Christian Kirk on the show today, Mitch, but <laughs> it just comes out now, Christian Kirk signing a four-year deal with a maximum value of $84 million. That makes him, I believe, a top three paid receiver in the game, and there's an argument to be made that he wasn't even a top three receiver on the Cardinals last year. So Oof. let me just get your initial thoughts on, on that on that deal and how that affects the rest of the wide receiver market. Yeah. Jacksonville has been going nuts today. They've signed everybody Christian Kirk being one of them. And I do think it helps Jacksonville to get a wide receiver in there to help Trevor Lawrence. It's definitely a position of need. DJ Chark is a free agent. So replacing him is big. Christian Kirk is a younger player and then on top of that's coming off his most productive season of his career so it makes sense that he gets paid like you said it's a lot of money though and I don't think he's like you said a number one receiver so if it was me if I was the general manager I wouldn't be paying him that money but I understand why he's being paid that money I do think he helps the team but you've got a way like how much is he going to help versus how much does he cost? Ultimately it might be a bad move for Jacksonville, but they're just trying to bring in talent. They have a ton of money to spend. They're just trying to get better. And that's first and foremost. Yeah. You know, you can't, you ultimately, you can't go wrong by paying a good player. But the thing for me is when Deandre Hopkins was out last year, he couldn't yeah. step up and be that number one guy. So I'm just skeptical of whether he'll be able to do that there in Jacksonville Mitch, let's talk about Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers last week agreeing to a big extension that keeps him in Green Bay. But now you've got Devontae Adams. The Packers had franchise tagged him. Now saying that he will not be playing under the franchise tag. How do you think that this situation develops uh, throughout the season, Mitch, and over the next few weeks? I don't see Devontae Adams leaving. I can't see it. You commit to Aaron Rodgers, you're committing to Devontae Adams. There is no separation here. Devontae Adams isn't getting traded to the Raiders. Like as much as Raiders fans want that to happen or whatever, he's staying in Green Bay. It has to happen. Or Aaron Rodgers is going to throw an absolute fit. So if it doesn't happen, you're in trouble. I believe it's going to happen. They're going to extend him. And yeah, just the way that they have treated this Aaron Rodgers situation has put them deep into a corner to where they have to do basically whatever he demands. And the biggest thing he demands is that he has Devonte Adams. Uh, and then just to, just to quickly add on there, just cause we're talking about these two players, Christian Kirk and Devonte Adams, uh, the Jaguars just gave Christian Kirk a deal worth up to $21 million per season. The Packers have just franchised Devonte Adams, who a player that we know is like 
I mean, I obviously top, I would say top three, at least uh, in the league, these like elite, elite, elite receivers in the league, uh, Mm -hmm. only franchising for 20.1 million uh, for next season. So some, some food for thought there. Uh, But obviously it has to be next topic, Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Um, I was, I, could you just how many seasons that we've been on and on uh, at least it's been at least two, three seasons where, you know, it's been in doubt of, of Wilson going to another team, trying to find another team. It's not working out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and this season, it's finally the season. Um, were you, ex- I know there's, there was a few teams kicking tires. Washington was kicking tires um, on Russell Wilson. Uh, were you expecting this? I wasn't expecting this. I think everybody was looking into the Aaron Rodgers situation and expecting him to be potentially the guy that goes to Denver with his former coach as well being the Denver head coach. But now with Russell Wilson, I'm happy it happened because quite honestly, I think Russell Wilson since about 2016 ish has been carrying the Seattle Seahawks organization And I want to see Russell Wilson thrive somewhere else. I've also wanted to see Denver get a quarterback for quite some time because I believe they have some talent on that roster that a good quarterback can take advantage of. I think Russell Wilson in that division is just going to provide so much quality, entertaining football, playing Herbert twice a year, Mahomes twice a year, and even Derek Carr twice a year. So much good football. So Russell Wilson, I think, gets what he wants. I think football fans get what they want. And the only loser here is really Seattle. But then again, they get lots of picks to rebuild this team. Yeah, and you talked about rebuilding Seattle. Um, Bobby Wagner is another one. Big storyline as of the moment. Um, he could be, you know, on his way out to who knows which team. I don't know. Maybe the Cowboys. I don't know. My Cowboys have been looking at him. Just trying um, to manifest something there, Brandon. I see well, what you're doing. <laughs> hey. Um, but um, – you know, it, it is a rebuilding, but um, to go along with that, just because there's so many topics to go through, uh, I thought this one was a huge one. Max Crosby, um, okay. $98.98 million contract extension with $95 million in new money and $53 million guaranteed. That's four years. Um, what's your reaction to that, Mitch? I love that Josh McDaniels is coming into the Raiders and establishing that he's going to pay his guys. I think it's very important to go into an organization as a head coach, a new regime, and understand that to win over the locker room, you've got to gain the respect of the players. And one way of gaining respect of the players is by paying those players that perform. And Max Crosby last year, I believe, led the NFL in pressures on the opposing quarterback. So I think he's worth it. He's a great pass rusher. He's relentless. Every play, he's just after the quarterback. And he's got a great story. It's undeniable about his story. He, he just feels like a Raider to me. And yeah, it's, it's classic Raiders football. So I'm excited to see what he can do in the future as the face of that defense for Josh McDaniels and company. Mitch, with Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Justin Herbert in the division, how do the Raider, how are the Raiders supposed to win with Derek Carr QB? Now, Derek Carr, he's fine, right? I would say he's a league average quarterback, but you've got three top 10 at least. You could argue even higher quarterbacks now in that division. How are they supposed to win? Yeah, that's tough. I think it's going to be an interesting discussion on whether or not they look to trade Derek Carr. I don't think they will, and I don't know if they should, 
And, and personally, I think Derek Carr is better than league average. I, I think he's closer to the top 10 conversation, uh, honestly, especially the way he played last year. I think he's really, last year, uh, carried that football team through a lot of stuff off the field and uh, even on the field, losing players left and right. So they've got a lot of work to do on the roster, for sure, for even a team that made the playoffs. They've got to work on their offensive line. They've got to work on their secondary. There's a, a lot of new coaches in there, a lot of new personnel people so they're going to rework this entire roster but it's going to take a couple years you're probably looking at Russell Wilson with the Broncos having a window to win Herbert and the Chargers have a window to win now with him not getting that huge contract like Mahomes has yet and obviously you have the Chiefs and Mahomes there I I think it's going to take a couple years for the Raiders but I don't know I'm not willing to necessarily say they have no shot because they did make the playoffs last year and I do believe in McDaniels as a coach that I think is an upgrade for them. So you never know in the NFL, things happen and change every season. Mitch, one more thing quickly before we let you go. Deshaun Watson uh, Mm -hmm. is now, he had the charges dropped. He still faces some civil lawsuits, but he will, it it appears play again in the NFL. He will face some discipline. It seems like at some point, but teams are now able to, you know, teams have more of a clear picture and if they're going to trade for him, where do you think he could end up and what would a package at this point for him look like? I think the main teams that are discussing the possibility of Deshaun Watson are the Carolina Panthers and the new Orleans saints, both in the same division, the NFC South, the Seahawks have been floated out there as well, but I believe that it's going to be the Panthers. Most likely second would be the saints, The Panthers have this desperate need to get a quarterback. They have done everything humanly possible to get a quarterback. They tried it with Sam Darnold last year, not the answer. So they're going to do everything they can. The Saints, on the other hand, I don't know how they do it because they never have cap space, but they're like cap masters over there and they find a way to do it. And the Saints, they do have that leverage. I feel with Deshaun Watson where they kind of have like over the last 10, 20 years, a legacy of winning and, and a kind of a franchise that's built very strong at the foundation. So those are the two teams in terms of the package. It's going to take a lot of first and second round picks. I, I've seen two first, three firsts, maybe even, and the second, something like that. Probably very similar to Russell Wilson. The only difference is Deshaun is younger. They're very similar players, actually. And he doesn't have the off the field referring to Russell Wilson. So it's kind of like, what do you choose there? The youth or maybe some questions off the field, but I think Watson is going to land pretty soon. And that's going to decide the rest of the moves there for those two teams, Panthers or saints, most likely. Yeah. You know, this, this has been going on now, what feels like forever. And it'll just be interesting to see how how this all uh, ends up turning out Mitch thank you so much for coming on we love having you on to talk football go subscribe to his YouTube channel the bottom line view he makes fantastic content there Mitch uh, we appreciate you coming on as always thanks anytime guys it's Mitch that is Mitch Milani of the bottom line view we are going to take a commercial break and when we come back lots of topics to discuss in overtime we will see you in a couple minutes Stream us live at saga960am.ca.
to overtime, live on the swing. That's right. It is overtime here on the swing. We're getting right to the nitty gritty, right to the final minutes. Uh, Jacob, what do you want to talk about first? Let's get to it. Let's start with some baseball. Of course, you know, I'm always going to start with some baseball, uh, Brandon. Blue Jays active over the weekend signing left-handed pitcher Yusei Kikuchi. I love the signing. I look at him as a, a slight upgrade over Steven Matz in that top. The, the signings are pretty similar, but I look at him as a Steven Matz type signing with a lot of upside. How do you view the signing? Uh, I think it's all right. Although the signing I was uh, more interested in or more captivated with, even though it is a minor league deal, uh, let's give uh, some praise to uh, Joe Biagini, uh, Jimmy oh, Fallon's okay. favorite guy. All right. Or maybe right. Well, he's not, he, he's not a big fan of, of, uh, of Jimmy Fallon, but, <laughs> but uh, Joe Biagini, I think that's exciting. Hey, who knows? Who knows what could happen later on? They need another reliever. And uh, some injuries happen, and he makes his way on the main squad. Who knows? So, um, but uh, yeah, definitely would be nice uh, uh, to have another uh, another nice reliever in there with MLB experience. No so, such uh, thing as too many arms in a system. Right exactly. Now. You never know with the with the Jays uh, and their uh, sort of struggles with relief pitching. Uh, all the help is uh, all the help is necessary. Uh, let's move on. Uh, you did talk about uh, the Lakers. That was your. The Lakers and Raptors today, that was your best bet. LeBron, let's just say this, um, becomes the first player in NBA history to reach 10,000 points, at least 10,000 points, uh, a rebounds and assists. That is 10,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists. So now it currently sits him at 36,824 career points, which is third of all time, then 10,004 assists, which puts him seventh all time, and then 10,150 rebounds, which puts him 39th all time. Uh, what do you have to say about uh, the King? Well, people, a lot of people are unwilling to have LeBron and MJ in the same conversation. Now, personally, I do think Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player of all time. Me I think too, he's the GOAT, too. but people are unwilling to have that conversation. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, LeBron yeah, yeah. James has defined an entire generation of, 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 and decades and decades of basketball. He is undoubtedly one of the best players that we have ever seen on the court ever. And I, I just think people it's, it's ridiculous that people look at all he's accomplished and people still find a way to hate him. It boggles my mind. Yeah, no, it's definitely. I and mean, I think, you know what the thing is too, it's a lot of the older generation. They grew up watching him and by all means, like I, I'm, I was born in 99, like yourself. So I didn't watch a lot of Michael Jordan, uh, barely any, um, didn't really watch him with the wizards way too small to watch that. Um, but looking back at footage, yes, I, and then the stats and so on and so forth and the accolades for me, I, I, I prefer Michael Jordan as, as the greatest of all time, but uh, I mean, LeBron is right there. Number two, and you could certainly make an argument for number one. I don't think so, but you can certainly make the argument and, this incredible you're, stats you're close backs it up if you think that, that yeah it's he, he just people stuck in the past as, as number yeah. one it's ridiculous yeah for sure um but yeah the raptors are looking for four straight wins today uh gary trent he's been on a heater right uh and he went off against phoenix 40 plus point night um on friday night but anyway that is the end of the swing. Uh, make sure if you missed anything or you want to go back and listen to something, uh, you can listen to it. We're going to put up the podcast version uh, up on the website. So definitely make sure to check it out and make sure to check us out on Twitter at the swing 960. Uh, and you can interact with us on there. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate our guests, Mitch Milani and uh, Terry Doyle. Uh, appreciate all the help. And uh, we will see you next week on the swing.
Missed part of the show or the whole show? Go to saga960am.ca to find the podcast.